0: Under the Jews, a stumbling block, under the Greeks, foolishness, but under them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now, here's
1: your host, Thomas Irvin. In 1968, A newer edition of the 1899 Luganda Bible was published with a revised orthography prepared for Christopher Kisosonkoli. So in 1968, they made a new edition of the 1899. It was published by the Bible Society of East Africa. I don't know what other changes might have been made. Um... Now, in 1974, a joint translation committee comprising of the Anglican Church of Uganda and the Roman Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church, and the Seventh-day Adventists, they were all given the task of publishing an ecumenical version of the Gospel of Mark. So this was in 1974. All the bad guys got together. It was the Anglican Church, the Catholic Church, some Orthodox Church, and the Seventh-day Adventists. And they were just going to make the gospel according to Mark. Now, who knows what ecumenical means? When it comes to Christianity, what is, what is the ecumenical movement? Who knows what that means? Yeah. It means that, that we're, trying to, we're just trying to make it available for everybody. We, we, just, we all want to get along and hang out together. We're all Christians. We're all the same. That's exactly what it means. And so their, their goal was to produce an ecumenical Luganda Bible, starting with the book of Mark. And then in 1975, Matthew, Luke, and John were published. Same group, same people. They did Matthew, uh, Luke, and John. And uh, so, of course, here they did Mark. And this is really when your Bible really starts to fall apart. Now, in 1977, Ephesians was published. 1979, the first... Joint Ecumenical Luganda New Testament is published by the Bible Society of Uganda. So, by 1979, the whole New Testament is finished. And oh, how joyous, how joyful they must have been. The Bible Society of Uganda was established in 1968, although the work of translation had been started earlier by the British Foreign Uh, Bible societies. 1984, the first revised contemporary Luganda New Testament is translated by two people, Reverend Yafesi Mwanji and uh, Mr. Sempibwa again. It is published by Living Bibles International and is widely accepted as an easy-to-read version by people from all walks of life. It just doesn't say anything. But it's easy to read. Does anybody have a Luganda Bible here? Or all English Bibles? Okay. That's, that's an... Oh, yeah, no, that, not that one. I just wanted to see who, what it says in the front. If it, you know, if, it says who, if it has any of this information in the front of some of the, the more modern Luganda Bibles. So 1984, that one was done. 2001, a complete version of the joint ecumenical Luganda Bible is published by the Bible Society of Uganda. So by 2001, the whole Bible... Now, ecumenical and contemporary. So they set out in 1974 to make an ecumenical Bible. By 2001, the whole Bible is not only ecumenical, you know, all inclusive. It's not, they get rid of strong language and, and you know, they don't, they don't want to offend anybody. So they try to make it as nice and palatable to everybody as they can. And not only that, they make it contemporary. Now, in the world of King James Bible-believing Christians, what we call this is modern. It's a modern version of the Bible. And anytime a modern version of the Bible is made, it's always corrupt. So someone was asking about the Apocrypha earlier. The 2001 version. Um, so let, let, let me read this. Uh, it, was made by the, it was published by the Bible Society of Uganda. However, it faces a lot of resistance because of the changes in nomenclature of, of the Bible books. So they changed the names of the books of the Bible. So I don't know if anyone is familiar with that or not. Um, as well as the inclusion of the Apocrypha. Even though the Apocrypha is accepted by, Roman Catholic, by the Roman Catholic Church, it is not considered canonical, especially in the wider Anglican Church. Pentecostal church, as well as the Seventh-day Adventist church. So people didn't like it. But I thought you were trying to make an ecumenical Bible. <laughs> I thought you wanted to include everybody. You can't leave the poor Roman Catholics out without their, their Apocrypha. And so, Ugandans didn't like this Bible. It, it didn't go well, apparently. In 2014... 2014 it was revised again in 2014 the first revised contemporary Luganda Bible both Old and New Testament is published by Biblica Africa it comprises a concordance and names and a names index the team tasked to translate the word comprised of Mr. Simpibwa that guy needs to find another job (laughs) <laughs> He's been tearing the Bible apart since <laughs> since like nineteen seventy nine or something, so Reverend Ken, Yafesi Mwanje, Bishop Dunstan Bukenya, Solomon Mpalanyi Mpalani. M- M- <laughs> Reverend Ken Nelson Kawisa, Kawesa Kawesa yes Reverend Isaac Mukisa Mr. Amos Muesigua Kasule. those are the perpetrators these are the ones that updated your Bible to help you out in 2014 so I, I don't know what the, the the Bibles that we buy I, I don't know if any of you know but I don't know where they fall in, the, in this list of translations so the 1968 but are you able to verify that or are you just guessing but if I go to town now and buy a Luganda Bible what, what am I buying that's what I mean so I, I, I've heard people saying that you want the 1960s version but I, you know I've never looked inside to see how you verify what you're getting All right, so that's the history of the Luganda Bible. And Lord helping us, we're going to add to that history. And we're going to present Luganda speakers and people who can read in Luganda, which is still the most widely read and understood language in Uganda, with an accurate copy of the Word of God not this garbage that's been fed to them over the, over the past couple hundred years. Talking about the Luganda Bible brought us to the, it, it came out of the revised version. And so that's kind of what we've been talking about and mentioning those two side by side. Now we're going to jump all the way up. We're going to go back to modern English Bibles and jump all the way up to 1960 and the Lachman Foundation. The Lachman Foundation established, where would we be without it, the New American Standard Version. It's a long name. Also known as the NASV. (laughs) And... The New American Standard Version was an attempt to modernize the American Standard Version. So the American Standard Version already existed, but the problem for them was that um, all the English Bibles that existed up to this point still used that old Elizabethan English. You know, even the Revised Version still used. The revised version reads, I mean, like 80% of it is the same as the King James Bible. Um, you know, they, they changed about 20% of it. So if you read it, if you are not familiar with some of the changes, you might think you were reading a King James Bible. It, it, because they left so much of it the same. Now, these guys set out to fix that. They finally wanted to break away from that old English and bring it to you know really modern english up to the 1960s and um the 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 new the new follows its predecessor closely but it does also go further in its removal of verses so it it was very close to the the american standard version but they they remove more verses than the american standard version and an example is luke 2451 the ascension of christ and we it's interesting when it comes to the, the RV, the RSV, the ASV, the ESV, the NIV, the uh, NASV, <laughs> all of these. They delete the same verses. It's very interesting how that worked out. They all, they all cause the exact same problems. Some more and some slightly less, but they all, they all do the same thing. How is that possible? Somebody, it just seems that somebody's orchestrating this and, and encouraging this behind the scenes. And so, so the only one that stands different is the King James Bible every one of them reads the same you could even go further if you add the jehovah witnesses bible and you add the the catholic bible which we're going to talk about in a second they they all do the exact same thing they all delete verses and they all alter the wording to such an extent that it destroys the text every single one of them it's amazing and and every one of them says that they are a better translation than the King James Version. The, the ASV never says, I'm a better version than the NIV. They never go after each other. They all go after the King James Bible. It's funny how that works out. The most damaging aspect of this Bible is its repeated attacks on the gospel. While a passage may exist which gives a lost soul the gospel, the footnotes will attack that very passage. <laughs> So if, if you know, the, the reality is, if you picked up an NIV, you you will find the gospel in it. It's there. It'll be harder. It won't be as clear, but it's there. But with this Bible, wherever wherever the the Bible gives the gospel, they put a footnote there discrediting the verse. So if you found that footnote, you you would be like, oh well, I shouldn't worry about that verse because the the people who made my Bible said it's no good or it has a problem, or it has an issue, which is a weird thing to do. 1963, wait till you see this Bible, the name of this Bible. It was called the New Testament in the Language of Today. So that's the T N T I T L O T version. <laughs> um, it's just, it just it's comical at this point. It's like, what are you people doing? You're just losers at this point. Like it's just <laughs> uh, this New Testament adopts many odd Alexandrian readings, which will sound very familiar to you. John eight fifty seven. Has Abraham seen you? (laughs) Yeah. So in the the Bible, it says, Have you seen Abraham? Well, the Alexandrian text, it says, Has Abraham seen you? (laughs) Okay. Luke 16, 19. Neves is added to the rich man's name. John 10, 7. Shepherd is exchanged with door. So... It has, it, it, it's 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 all of these just repackaged, resold. It's the exact same thing, the exact same garbage. But the editor, editor went on to choose not to use Alexandrian readings in other portions of the New Testament. So rather than following the documents, he chose to use. He instead would pick the readings as he desired. So this, I mean, this is how you know it's. It, it's, it's crooked. Now, what, what was Tischendorf's argument? Who remembers? He said, the text I found is a better text. We should use my text, retranslate the Bible, and have, have my text as the foundation. Okay? Now, that, he's wrong, but that's at least a reasonable argument. He thinks he's found something better in the the original Greek and what he wants to do is use that as a foundation for an English Bible. Well what many of these guys do and what this group did they just pick and choose what they want. They just look out across all texts and say yeah I'll take a little bit of that one and a little bit of that one and can you throw some french fries in as well And, um, and, and you know how about a Coke? Can we have that too? It's like they're just it's like they're at a buffet and they're just taking what they want rather than saying we have a foundational text and, and we're trying to have some integrity and give you something from that text. And that's not what they're doing. And, and so you end up with these just ridiculous. Oh, and then 1966. Good news for modern man. That's what, literally what the Bible is called. This Bible was created by the American Bible Society. Now, who knows why that's so heartbreaking to to say? Who can think of of why that's a problem? The American Bible Society put this, this book out as a Bible. What did the American Bible Society do in the 1850s? They put that committee together and they reviewed all the the versions of the King James Bible, the editions of the King James Bible that existed and put together a a well laid out standard for the King James Bible. Well, by 1966, they're putting out the good news for modern man. Shame. That's why, I mean, it's, if if you're going to have any hope of dispersing truth, you're going to have to start a church and you have to train people. And teach them the truth so that they can then go out and, and give out that same truth. And if you don't do that, every university started by Christians, every, every, anything, hospital, I mean, whatever it is, it, it all goes the way of the world, every single one of them. They never stand, they never last. Churches have the same potential, but it's in a church where you're going to be able to teach people and keep them grounded in the truth. You're not going to be able to do that in a university. You're going to be able to do that in a a hospital. You're only going to be able to do that in a church. Uh, Actually, let me give you just a few notes about the good news for modern man. Um, They published their own Greek text and then used it to create this Bible. So again, they're just going to make up their own Greek text and then use that to make an English Bible. The same thing Westcott and Hort did. Uh, this Bible also chooses its readings in an arbitrary manner, so there was no consistency about it. It is often called the Bloodless Bible, since it omits references to the blood of Jesus Christ. So my question is, what's the good news? I mean, the good news is that Christ shed his blood for the sins of the world, and you removed his blood from your Bible? and called it good news for modern man. <laughs> What's the good news? Christ, he loved you so much that he washed you in his own blood. Do you imagine that that is gone from revelation? All right, 1967, The Living New Testament Paraphrased. This Bible is a paraphrase Of the American Standard Version. So we're going all the way back here to this guy. And they're making a paraphrase. Who knows what that means? Somebody tell me what a paraphrase is. I'm sorry? Yes. So you're not saying what was said. You're just, as best you can, reproducing it in your own words. So by their own admission, they're not giving you the Bible. They're telling you up front, yeah, we paraphrase this, it's not the Bible, it's just, we just kind of threw out some stuff in our own words. This Bible is a paraphrase of the American Standard Version, just like the others, there is no standard, no sense uh, to the choices made in in their Bible. They just kind of threw it all together senselessly. this can be best demonstrated by their use of the term son of man. This is very interesting. It, it is used six different ways in this Bible. Sometimes son of man is replaced with I. As an I, I, I did this, I did that. So instead of saying the son of man did, he, Jesus would say I did. It is replaced with he. It is replaced with son of mankind. (laughs) If he's the son of mankind, we're in serious trouble. Uh, It's replaced with man from heaven. I mean, if I read that, I mean that is the stupidest thing. That it it just makes no sense. Jesus Christ would say the Son of Man is, is, is you know, Lord of the Sabbath. and Instead it says, the man from heaven is the Lord of the Sabbath. <laughs> it's just a joke. It's for the modern man. <laughs> <laughs> and then they replace Son of Man in some places with Messiah. The greatest folly in this confusion is the fact that parallel passages have this term used differently. Alright, so uh, turn turn to Matthew nine. Matthew nine, and let's read verse six. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Uh, this one says if if you read it in this this translation uh, it says, but that you may know that I have power on earth to forgive sins. It doesn't say I. And then look at uh, Mark 2, verse 10. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. So you see, it's a parallel passage, right? They, they, they're covering the same idea. Um, this is what their translation says. But that you may know that I, the man from heaven, hath power on earth to forgive sins. So, that, that, that is a massive problem. You couldn't even keep it consistent in parallel passages. Where it's saying the same thing. And you give it two, two different readings. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, but that's where we are. An example of the use of paraphrase. Somebody tell me what verse this is. All things work for our good if only we love God and fit into his plans. <laughs> That's Romans 8.28. So this Bible, by its own admission, is not the Word of God. It calls itself a paraphrase. If I tell you I'm paraphrasing the Word of God, if I say well, I'm t- I-, I can't remember the verse, but I'll paraphrase it. What I'm telling you is I don't know the verse, and I'm going to give you as best I can in my own words what I think it says. So they're telling you up front, this is not the Bible, this is our paraphrase. And and I guarantee you, people bought it. They spent their money on that. All right. 1970. We can't let the fun stop there. The new... American Bible. This became the official English Bible of the Roman Catholic Church. It was authorized by Pope Paul VI. Mark 19, 9 through 20, the last, last verses of Mark, gone. They're not there. Mark uh, Mark. 16, 9 through 20. John seven verses 53 through 811, the the woman called an adultery, gone. First John 5, 7, gone. Sound familiar? It's exact same exact same garbage. But in 1973, the Bible that would save them all came. The NIV. What do we do without the wonderful NIV? The new international version, this Bible deliberately and proudly follows the text of Westcott and Hort. that they are, I mean they believe that is a claim to fame. That is a good thing that they follow the text of Westcott and Hort. Though it is called international, it is completely American. There is nothing international about it. Much of the wording inside has changed in such a way that if you were not, if you didn't grow up in American society, you wouldn't even know what it was talking about. It just, it doesn't. You can take a King James Bible and, and it makes sense everywhere in the world. It, it makes more sense in third world countries where people have a closer relationship to farming and working the land and, and, and that kind of thing. That's harder for Americans to understand because they don't grow anything. They buy everything from the grocery store. It's it's they're they're completely removed from nature. They sit in air-conditioned houses that are sealed. There's no dust, there's no dirt. You just you hang out inside. You don't have to go outside. You don't ever have to sweat. You can just turn the AC up the way you want and just relax and hide inside. Now that sounds nice, but what it has produced is a society of weak, useless people. So It has come to be known as the softest and most watered-down attempt at a Bible in existence. It removes hundreds of verses and phrases from the Word of God. 1982. Now we're really going to be saved from that King James Bible. The new King James. James version, and this is the one that stumps everybody. They're like, "But isn't that one okay? Because it's 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 King James." Well, no, it's not. It's unbelievably problematic. We're going to look at some of them. Um, the New King James boasts itself of being conservative when compared to the NIV. The translators claim this Bible was translated from the same text as the King James Bible. But the reality is, it is riddled with discrepancies. It is full of terrible problems. So, so again, okay, let's let's say they were just trying to take what we have, the King James Bible, and bring it to modern grammar, modern uh, spelling, you know, whatever. If that was their attempt, why didn't they do that? Instead, they damaged the Word of God, and they changed it, and they gave you a, a, another, another Bible that belongs in the same trash bin in and, and, and the Sinai Peninsula at the monastery where Tischendorf found everything else that, that we got. It's, it's complete garbage. Um, omissions in the, in, the, in the New King James Bible. Lord is deleted 66 times. In reference to Jesus Christ. Why would you do that? If you're just trying to provide a modern English. Easy to read Bible. Why did you delete Lord from the Bible? Is, it, is, it, is that word hard to read? God. Capital G-O-D. God. Our God. Is deleted 51 times. Fornication. Fornication is deleted 23 times. Now, there's a massive list of these. I'm just giving you a handful. But there, there are probably, there's a list of anywhere from 50 to 100 of, of, of these deletions that, that are there. Okay. Repent is removed 44 times. Hell is removed 22 times. Repent, remove 44. Hell, remove 22. Currently, the word hell has been completely replaced with the word Hades. The word hell doesn't even appear in the New King James Bible. What does Hades mean? Hades, I don't know the history of it or the background of it, but I believe it's a, either a Greek or a Hebrew word for hell. Right, but it's an it's a word that refers to to hell. The
0: place
1: that burns constantly without stop. Yeah, so, so now how how easy? If you went to a Ugandan and you said, "Man, if you don't trust in Jesus, you're going to go to hell," what would they say? (laughs) They all look at you like, "I don't want to do that." Now, what if I went to them and said, "If you don't trust in Jesus, you're going to go to Hades." I mean, is it, is it free? <laughs> like, it makes no sense. Why would you do that? Now, modern Bibles always claim they are easier to read, but this is rarely ever true. In Genesis eighteen one, the New King James says this, Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees. What is a terebinth tree? No. Nobody knows. <laughs> Who Nobody has a clue. Here's what the Bible says. And the Lord appeared to him in the plains. Yeah, the plains of Mamre. So in the New King James, it says, In the terebinth trees of Mamre. In the King James, it says, In the plains of Mamre. Uh, Judges 8, 8 verse 13 the New King James says, Gideon, the son of Joash, returned from battle from the ascent of Hares. Now, this is what it says. Ascent of Hares. So when Joash got back, it says, Gideon the, Gideon, the son of Joash, returned from the battle from the ascent of Hares. Now, this is what the Bible says. And Gideon the son of Joash returned from battle before the sun was up.
0: So the sun. Hmm, that's the sun. The sun So
1: it is just day. Yeah, if you know what the ascent of Harry's is, then you can read the New King James. I have no. I'll take before the sun was up every day. Before you come to me talking about the ascent of Harry's, where did you even get that from?
0: <laughs>
1: Acts twenty-seven seventeen, the New King James says, when they had taken it on, taken it taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship, and fearing lest they should run aground on the Certus sands, 8, 13, 8, verse thirteen. So here they say that they're afraid the ship is going to run aground on the Cirtus sands. The King James Bible says the quicksands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The King James Bible says, which when they had taken up, they used helps, undergirding the ship, and fearing lest they should fall into, fall into the quicksands. The new King James says should run aground on the Sirtis sands. That's not even a modern English word. Yeah, that, that is. We just made something up. All right, so this is just a few examples, but they are numerous. All modern versions are just as nonsensical. They claim to be easier to read. They are not easier to read. The King James Bible is very easy to read. You, just, you might have to learn some words. You might have to get used to it. But that is your class on the history and preservation of the King James Bible.
0: We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can learn more about our ministry by visiting www.pleniusredemption.com. You can hear more Plenteous Redemption podcast audio at www.plenteousredemption.media. Please comment below if this podcast has been a help to you. Also, inform us of future topics that would interest you. Thank you again for listening to the Plenteous Redemption podcast.